0: Valen, welcome to Dead Air with Kumar Medaliard. You know this is episode four, and um, you yeah, know thank you for taking the time to to talk to me tonight. Um, thank, uh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. So um, Valen is my first cousin. He's probably my mm-hmm. cousin that I have like the the longest living memory of <laughs> going back. I mean, really, like you're the first like first pers- like first family member my age. I think I have memories right, right. we spent a lot of time together and mm-hmm. um you are my dad's older brother's son that is correct and, yes and so this is so what was like your earliest memory of us together so i think it must have been when i was three and when you were four we were uh in front of my house just running around a tree i think we were surrounded by our parents. And I don't specifically remember what preceded this event and what happened immediately afterwards, but I specifically remember that happening. And that was, like, in your Carrollton house? uh, That is correct. And the fun was setting, too. Maybe it was just before dinner? Yeah. Do you remember what you ate that night? I don't. I wish I did. Probably chicken. Uh, yeah. Your guess is probably accurate. Maybe. <laughs> so yeah, were you said, born in the Carrollton house? Or like um you were born in were you born in Carrollton? Uh no, I was born in Dallas proper, you know, Medical City Hospital, you know, in Dallas proper. But uh uh after I was born I, I was immediately taken to the Carrollton house. And your parents how long had your parents been living in that house for? Uh, they had been living there for almost two years. Oh, so you were born in 80, so they had been there since 1980? Or 1978? Uh, yes, that's correct. And, uh, so what do you know about, like, your parents before, before you were around? Like, what was, how did your, you know, your dad and your mom come to Texas? What did they do? Oh, I mean, it's a long history. I mean, I can tell you a lot about, you know, about, about my parents, you know, where they came from. But, uh, but, but my dad, he arrived in the U.S. in 1966, believe it or not. And uh-huh. he went straight to, you know, Iowa, the state of Iowa, uh, to do his master's in electrical engineering. And, uh, he finished that, uh, degree in 1968. And immediately afterwards, he was hired by I- IBM, which, uh, uh-huh. brought him to New York. And then, of course, two years later, uh, 1970, uh, he and my mom got married. And then my mom joined him in New York. And, uh, they were, they, they lived where in New York in, they were? Uh, uh, they lived in, in uh, up the upstate in, P- in, P- in P- 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 Poughkeepsie, which is about two hours north uh-huh. of the city. You know, the Hudson Valley.
1: Uh huh.
0: And, uh, yeah, I mean, they were there until 1978. You know, uh, you know, at well, which point uh-huh. they moved to, uh, Dallas. So how that happened? Why they go all the way from New York to Dallas, Texas? Uh, I mean, there were a number of factors, but but uh, one of the main factors is that my dad got a pretty good job offer in Dallas. Uh, there's a uh, rising defense contractor at the time called MosTech, and, uh, yeah, they gave him a pretty good offer, to, you know, to be, you know, the manager of, like, their military, you know, products division.
1: Did they like being in Dallas for work?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I think they did. I mean, uh, I mean, they, they had, they were accustomed to New York because they had so many friends in Poughkeepsie, you know? But, uh-huh. uh, I guess they were happy at the time, you know? I think the reason that your dad was in Dallas for is the reason my dad ultimately came to Dallas also, you know, because they were living in Nashville before that. So he That's was definitely. kind of impetus for, uh, us being there also.
2: Right, right.
0: And, um, What did we do as kids? Like, when we got together, like, when we were really young, do you remember? We played lots and lots of video games, for sure, you know? And I remember we used to build the fortresses, like, in my living room, you know, out of blankets. I still remember that. I used to do that all the time. Was that as fun for you as it was for me, or was that something that I made you do? No, I think it's something that we all enjoy doing. Even, like, you know, my brother said, your sister, Uma, we, you know, we, um, all four of us enjoy uh-huh. doing it very much. You know, I remember I make you do things sometimes that I don't think that you really want to do. Like, go right, outside the like, right. backyard. Remember, <laughs> remember <Right>. that? <laughs> like, I like... <laughs> yeah, I will admit you know, like, to being more of an indoorsy kid, you know, but I did like uh, playing, I did like building fortresses out of blankets, that's for sure. What was, like, what would you go to elementary school, and yeah, what was that like for you? Oh, elementary school. So I went to Indian Creek Elementary School, you know, in Tarleton. Uh-huh. You know, from first through fifth grade. Um, yeah, Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I was bullied quite a bit. <laughs> oh, you were. I was. I was. I mean, the said I didn't make any for friends, you know the same by the same people for the four years, or like different people it was a good mix of people oh yeah <laughs> is, it, is, is that something you're open to talking about? uh, sure, I mean, I would say first grade was a, was like the absolute worst, you know, you know, and it, it slowly got better, but it, I think i I generally had trouble fitting in, you know as a kid. how would people bully you? Well, I mean, uh, I still remember this happening, uh, during recess, you know, when I was in first grade. I was pinned down to the ground, you know, by, by five or six kids. Mm. You know, and one of whom actually picked up a large rock that was twice the size of my head. Uh-huh. I was about to drop it on me. You know, I mean, I could have, like, died, you know, oh, well. from that. But, uh, then, uh, you just blew the whistle because recess ended, you know. Uh So, yeah, I was saved.
1: That's scary, man. It's really scary.
0: Yeah, it was a very, very traumatic experience, trust me.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, and I'd I'd be lying if I said that, you know, it didn't scar me. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did it get better till the fifth grade, or is it kind of like you just kind of in that... State of not really liking going to school. Yeah, I was never too excited to go to school. You know, just uh, I mean, I preferred being at home and just uh, you know watching movies, cartoons, playing with toys. You know. Yeah. I mean, there were. I think any any given grade, I always had a few friends. You know, so I I mean, I liked you know talking to those few friends, but uh, yeah, Yeah. I was. I was never in my zone, you know, when I went at school. Yeah. Uh who are your friends then? Uh it depends on which uh which grade, but I guess the one friend I can highlight is uh you know Reggie Matthews because I'm still in touch with him. Uh he's actually now my mom's dentist, you know, in Texas. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> right, right, funny how things turn out. But yeah, how did like, I mean did how did she how did he become her dentist? Was it like just accident or did she like realize this was your friend and as a result sought him out? Oh, well, she was seeing another dentist, you know, you know for for a while. But then uh, as at, at some point she needed a second opinion on uh, one of the issues that she in she that she had been dealing with, so and uh, yeah, and that that's when she started seeing him. But how does she know him, like just me. randomly or because he go oh, through you? Yeah, and, uh, even, how did you keep in touch with him? Oh uh, well for a long time, you know, we lost touch. I mean, because uh, I was in Carrollton until I was thirteen, you know? So we were even we were friends in middle school as well, you know? Hmm. But uh then after moving to India for four years, you know, uh totally lost touch and even uh from India we came to he came directly to New Jersey, and, uh, and I didn't reconnect with him until, like, 2005. So, like, I mean, 12 years after I left, I left Charleston. Yeah. And, that and that was only through, you know, Friendster. That you
1: know,
0: was for what? Friendster, which is a social media service. That was a precursor to oh, like, yeah. you know, Facebook. Oh. So, um, but, but I'm glad that it, that it happened, you know, because, uh, like I said, like I can serve him to be a good friend these days. Mm-hmm. And uh Great. he happened to uh visit uh, my parents' place, you know, bef- bef- before my mom's, you know, first visit with him.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny how things
0: work out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: after um Indian Creek, where did you go for a sixth and seventh grade? Well, what was funny is because, like, even though, like, our address was in Carrollton, uh, we were in Lewisville School District and not the Carrollton School District. So, Oh, really? For middle school, yeah, so for middle school, we had to go to, uh, you know, Lakeview, which was in a neighboring town called the Colony, and we had to take a bus. And it wasn't a short bus ride. It was at least a minimum 20-minute bus ride.
1: Hmm. And the bus and, would pick you up
0: uh, in front of your house? Um, like a few blocks away.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was, that was an interesting experience, too. Like, I mean, I, I don't have... I, honestly, I don't have any fond memories of that bus. You know, the kids were kids were cruel, but... Yeah? Oh, yes.
1: So how long were you at Lakeview for? Uh, Two years. Sixth grade,
0: seventh grade, and then... That, that was the point, like, you guys moved back to India, right? Right. And, uh, so what was, uh, what was it like when Sendel came into your life? Do you remember that day? I, yeah, I vaguely remember. I don't remember the, I mean, exact, exact moment, but the, uh, I mean, I guess initially I was excited, you know, to have a sibling. <laughs>
1: yeah. Initially.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. But then eventually his, you know, true personality emerged, you know? When did the monster arise from his cocoon and display his, his true self? I'd say maybe when was around three years old. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You... At that point, it was like too late, you know. The monster was unleashed. <laughs> Do you remember like what what like any monster stories from when he was like, a little kid? Like, what would he do? Uh, oh, my God. I mean, we couldn't, like, nobody could control him, you know? He, he wouldn't be in any single location for more than, like, you know, a fraction of a second.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, you know, he'd always be scheming, you know, always coming up, thinking of the next uh, mischievous act to perform.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And any given party, you know, he was that kid, you know? doesn't matter how yeah. how large the party was, everyone knew simple was, because he'd, he'd be running around making a mess. Building something, knocking something over, <laughs> climbing something. Yeah. Do you remember that one party where he got naked completely? Do you remember that? It was at uh, we in Pontius' house. It was like a Christmas party, and like, I don't know, Somehow he like ended up taking all his clothes off. Uh, I think you might be misremembering. He didn't get naked. Something, something funny. Some, something else happened though, which was almost equally as funny. What was that? So we were playing musical chairs, right? Yeah. And uh then uh, he unfortunately wound up in the center. And uh uh-huh. he said oh shit out loud.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so my parents and the other uncles and aunties, yeah, they weren't I mean, they were a little surprised to hear those words, yeah. you know, from his mouth. So
1: Yeah.
0: And uh Another vivid memory I have is that uh, when we spilled, you know, these, t- these two large bags of rice in our kitchen. Uh-huh. So cause my mom would go to the Indian grocery store, you know, all the way, you know, yeah. in Richardson, and, and buy these bags of, large bags of rice, you know, at a discount. And I think uh-huh. on one fine day, Sindel was so bored, you know, he opened the pantry and basically he spilled – both bags of rice and at all the side of a sudden our kitchen looked like an ocean of rice oh man uh, was your mom able to salvage that rice no no they didn't throw it no, away no not at all not at all god oh man <laughs> I mean you want Duck ducktails right
1: yeah ducktails yeah like I mean, you, you remember Scrooge, you remember Scrooge, yeah, you
0: remember Scrooge uh, diving into uh, the money, you know, money bin, right? Yeah. The money bin was full of coins, you know. He basically he swim in those coins, right? Was it Sandal swimming in the rice? He was trying to, I think. <laughs> so another thing I remember about you during our childhood is like you really liked Looney Tunes a lot. Among really? other things, yes, I did. What were the other things you liked? Oh, wow. Where do I start? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I've always been a pop pop culture junkie. You know, I guess that started early. So, I mean, I watched... What were your favorite things? Like, what were your favorite... Like, if you had to break it down to, like, your... your, Transformers. Transformers. Uh He-Man. G.I. Joe. uh, All superheroes. Marvel NBC, DC, uh, Thundercats, Silverhawks, Centurions, Mask, you know, Boltron, I mean, and uh, then later on, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But but I, I, I like Looney Tunes a lot as well. Yeah. And you have, like, a lot of posters in your bedroom, like Bugs Bunny. I think Bugs Bunny was your favorite. And then, uh, uh, he was he was mm-hmm. so what what do you remember first the memories about Uma and uh, when did you remember her coming into the picture mm, yeah I mean I'm not sure if I can remember like your mom being pregnant with her you know but I, know. I think for now, yeah, by the time I was three years old Uma was already around you know it was just that she was a baby oh yeah so, so I think I
1: yeah.
0: I have vague memories of her as a baby. But I can't recall what the first memory was. And do you have, like, any memories of you and Uma? Like, specific memories? Mm, I felt like Uma and I, at least as kids, I felt like, you know, for the most part, we got along. Because I mean, We were a bit more calm compared to, you know, you and Fendel.
1: Uh-huh. What? Well,
0: like, <laughs> Yeah, i keeping it honest. I don't know, I don't know if Uma's calm or not. I mean, Uma's a firecracker. Oh, she could be. She could be, but compared to you, I mean, uh, she wasn't, you know, the troublemaker that you were. <laughs> How was I a troublemaker? I was a pretty good boy. That's not what I remember at all. I mean, Sendel made you look better. I mean, you should, you should <laughs> thank Sendel for making you look good. So.
1: Do you have any funny Qumran stories that I don't remember?
0: Hmm. Well, I still remember, you know, when you surprised me on my 8th birthday uh, w- with a Nintendo. I surprised you with a Nintendo? You did, yes. It was probably my mom, but I, I probably was the vehicle delivering it to you. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> That's nice. But That's a good memory, actually. <laughs> definitely. That that did transform my life in a good way.
1: Yeah.
0: Because that was actually my first, you know, video game system, period, because I never had, you know, one of the Atari systems. And uh, it was funny because I think I was like, I, in the days, like in the weeks leading up to my eighth birthday, I think I I actually wanted an Atari 2600, you know? Because I didn't think uh-huh. I only could afford a Nintendo. And then you surprised me with a Nintendo, you know?
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Oh so, yeah, thanks for I really that.
1: To... Yeah,
0: no, you're welcome. I changed your life forever. You did, you did. Um, I mean, um, that's when my like, gaming addiction really began. It's, I mean, it's not as powerful <laughs> as it once was, but you know. <laughs> so I addicted you to video games. I'm proud of myself. You should be. You should be. You opened up my world. <laughs> um. I had to ask you about your rap stage, though, your hip-hop stage and, like, how you got into it and, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, you can blame Bill Ice and MC Hammer for that. <laughs> but but... You're, you, 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 like, sing a lot of songs for us. Um... Yeah, I remember once during uh, Uma's, like, birthday party, I think, uh, she asked me to rap for her. I did, and I didn't even know what I was saying. I was, I was just spouting gibberish.
1: Yeah. Whose birthday party? It was Uma's. Oh, really?
0: It was, you know, it was. Uh, I was embarrassed because, you know, I think a lot of Uma's friends were there, you know, and I was like, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I just remember uh saying the most random things, and, like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't embarrass Uma too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she enjoyed it. Um, uh, let's hope so. So what would you do in the um, summer times when growing up? Did you guys go to India? Or do you remember, like, what you did over the summers? Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, we didn't go to India as often as, like, your family did. Uh, uh, like, I was born in 1980, so I remember going, in, I mean... And I know that I was taken to India in '81 when I was a year old, but and then we went back in '83 and then '86, and then between '86 and '93 we we didn't go. There's there a seven-year gap.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So, but but during the summer, I just remember watching a lot of movies and uh, and and and, uh, and spending, and and being babysat by different you know uncles and aunties.
1: Who would babysit for
0: you? Um, I mean eat around I'm not only yet me out of tea, right? Because they also yeah. they they still live in Charlton. Yeah. So I mean they were very close friends of my parents, still are and like you know they would I mean almost every day they would like to you know, walk over to our place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you'd be uh, there a lot.
0: Remember do you remember that one time when like uh you had like a tricycle or like a, some like little car mm-hmm. thingy? and your mm-hmm. parents didn't know what happened to you, and you ended up, right. like, handling all the way to their house, right? Uh, oh, oh, Almost. Uh, I didn't quite make it that far, because, like, uh, I was to. There's this major road that, that you had to cross. Yeah. And, you know, I was afraid to cross that road. So I just, you know, oh. I'll stand still. Oh, thank God. And, like, yeah, <laughs> they're, like, all... I thought you had crossed the road, and I was like, "Oh my God, I don't believe you did." That. No, 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 thank uh, no, thank God. I mean, I, I mean, I knew my limits, you know. Yeah. So, how old were you when you did that? Ah, uh, I must have been four and a half or five. That's pretty because pretty uh, actually, because yeah, my maternal grandmother was actually visiting because of uh Simbel's birth. Uh huh. So yeah, was like was just a baby when that happened. You know, one thing well, I also remember about you like growing up is that you like you liked writing make, writing stories a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: Right?
0: I did. Like you liked to like write like remember like uh, like what were your stories? like do you remember any of the stories that you wrote? Uh yeah, I mean a lot of my stories revolved around the uh, me and my friends just going on random adventures like, you know, to save the world. And sometimes, uh-huh. you know, the galaxy. <laughs> so, uh, i be saving the world from. Ah, uh, I mean, bad guys. You know, world conquerors, you know, alien invaders. <laughs> <laughs> Mad scientists. <laughs> so will there be like big battles in your stories? Always, always. And uh, I think that's also, uh, I mean, It's heavily inspired by superheroes, Star Wars, you know, James Bond movies. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I always had an active imagination. That's probably one of my defining elements. And, uh, I mean, I discovered that writing was my passion early on.
1: Yeah. Do you still have any of those stories?
0: I don't, unfortunately. I don't know what happened to those. Yeah. Yeah, so like in seventh grade, that's like when you're like you know, you know, if i you know, in on you know decide you know let's go back to India, right? And mm-hmm. I think at that time you were kind of excited to go back, right? And uh mm-hmm. so, what like what was your mindset before going to India? Like what did you what were you, you know, what were you thinking at that time when, when all that was going on? Well, initially, I was somewhat excited, but what what, what really excited me was the fact that, you know, the majority of our relatives, you know, still live in India, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I felt like there were so many cousins that I didn't really get to know, and I felt like this would be a good opportunity to, you know, to to get to know a lot of the family members, you know, whom I previously hadn't spent that much time with up to that point.
2: Yeah.
0: It felt like it might might have been a good change at the time just because, uh, you know, you know, because I'd, rem- I'd been in Carrollton my entire life to that point, you know, same house,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, I was just excited maybe I'm moving period.
1: Yeah, you just want some sort of change.
0: Oh uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's I mean, you, you, you definitely. Even though I had a few good friends in middle school, you know, it, uh, I was still being bullied, and I maybe I mean part of me just wanted to escape from that too. Yeah. What kind of bullying was going on, like, in the 7th grade? Well, a lot of the bullying happened uh, during the bus rides, you know. the Kids were unbelievably cruel, you know. and uh, but, but, but even in school, I mean, a lot of the older kids, I don't know, they would they would pick on me for some reason. They were all the same group of kids, but every time they'd pass me, they'd, just, mm-hmm. they'd say something mean or sarcastic, and uh, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd just mock me. Yeah, um, I wasn't too happy about it at the time. So I guess it was like a way like going to India was kinda of like a new lease, like a new beginning, kinda of like
1: right, escape from right, all the right. stuff.
0: Exactly, exactly. So where did you arrive when you went back to India? uh well we went straight back to, you know, uh Thirpur. Well straight to Thurpur rather. Well you know, Thirpur uh-huh. is a town where, you know, you know, my dad and your dad they grew up. So we lived actually in this neighborhood called uh, M.G. Pudor. And it's funny funny because we lived on the street. And I think almost everybody on that street was somehow related to us, some more closely than others. You moved there, like, at the end of seventh grade? Basically, you left in the summertime? Uh, That is correct. And uh, I still remember it being, like, a, a shortened, you know, summer break. Because uh we left uh, in the middle of May, and then hmm. school in India started in early June.
1: So, so you basically,
0: yeah. like, had no break at all. That, that is correct. <laughs> so what so, grade did you start uh, eighth, when you went uh, to India? Eighth grade. And what was that like? Well, where do I even begin? I mean, it was a culture shock, you know, in every way possible. I mean, I don't think there's nothing that could have prepared me for that experience. I mean, for one thing, like, corporal punishment was applied very, very liberally, you know? And there was a lot more, you know, schoolwork to deal with. And and I guess one thing I was sort of spoiled by growing up in Texas was that, you know, at least, you know, well, going to school over there... I and mean, creative thinking was like was at least somewhat emphasized, you know. Whereas, at least in third war, uh, you know, it was all about memor- memorization and uh, and being judged on your handwriting for everything too. Uh huh. And and of course, you know, you couldn't write with a regular ballpoint pen. You know, to make to make your handwriting look you know look well, you had to like. Uh, use, like, a specialized, you know, ink pen, and I remember still having to, like, fill up, like, every night, like, uh, having to refill my pen with ink from a bottle. I can't even imagine going to India and, like, just, like, starting to live there, you know. But even when I went to India, like, went for three months, because I was going pretty regularly every other summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just remember, like, how radically different life felt from being in India to being in the U.S., you know, it just felt like two different worlds, and and you, mm-hmm. I think you had, like, less experience of that than I did, you know, in terms of, like, joining India as often as I did, so I just right. imagine, like, you going there and just kind of, like, just living this radically, like, different, like, life and schooling, it's, um, I mean... I mean, looking back, I was thankful to have that experience, you know, because I think it definitely helped prepare me for life. Uh-huh. You know, uh, helped me mature more more quickly than I would have otherwise. But I mean, at times it was horrifying, Just, you know, especially at that age. Um, but Did this school, what school was it? Uh, Park School. Was that a private school? Uh, it was, yes.
1: And that was in Thirpur?
0: It was in four yes. And, and it was so, funny because yeah, oh, go go ahead. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. I just want to hear more about it. Oh, okay, sure. I mean, one thing one thing unique about the school was that there was actually a women's college, you know, attached to the school.
1: hmm
0: Because you know both were owned by the same management, same trust.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But. Again, the thing that I found the most shocking thing was like, you know, was like how liberally, you know, corporal punishment was applied. To kids being beaten up with the most trivial things, you know? Because at least in the
2: kind US. Ah,
0: uh, being beaten being, being severely with, you know, rulers, you know, and like, and, and long rods.
1: Like how, how they get hit, how the kids get hit.
0: If they were lucky, they would just get slapped, you know, or, you know, hit, hit on the wrist. But sometimes, uh-huh. But sometimes, you know, the, you know if the teacher was really pissed, you know. They'd take a long rod, and, you know, they'd, like, start beating, you know, the kid's legs over uh-huh. and over and over. And it, it felt like you are witnessing torture.
1: Did you ever get hit?
0: I did, but, the, you know... But, you know, I always try to do everything possible to make sure that I didn't get hit, you know. It only happened to me. It only happened to me less than a few times, maybe less than three or four times. But uh, there's one vivid memory I have, like, uh I think we periodically have, like, you know, swimming lessons.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because if, if there was actually a pool, you know, on campus, believe it or not, at that, this that pool. And if you couldn't swim properly, you know, if you had trouble swimming, like, the – Instructor, you know, would would beat you. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, I found it the more reprehensible. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So did you learn to swim fast, or you just got beaten a lot? Uh well, I mean, I knew how to swim, so I mean, I wasn't even I wasn't going to be affected at all by that. You know, so I already knew how to swim by by that point. All those early swimming lessons, you know, paid off in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so the school it was just a place you didn't really like going, the the teaching wasn't, like, you know, the memorization and sort of, like, the way they went about things wasn't, like, what you really liked, and
1: how not was not it at all. with
0: other, other kids in the class? Like, how did you get along with the other students? Oh, uh, well, I mean, like, most Indian schools, you know, I mean, like, uh, there were, like, there were, like, a lot of kids, you know, packed inside a small space, you know? And, yeah, some kids, Kids are more nice than others, but, I mean, there was this awkwardness because, like, even though, I mean, in English medium school, you know, everyone, most of the kids could speak English, you know, my, you know, I had an American accent, and, and also back then, more of a, tech, a, tech, a Texan twin, you know, which I lost a long time ago. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And yeah, so like kids would find it difficult to understand me, I could understand them, but they they find it difficult to understand me, yeah, and so i had, I constantly found myself having to slow down any time i mean, any anytime I, anytime I spoke. Did you make friends oh, yeah I, I I made a few I made a few i mean uh I remember i even uh, acted in a play too what did you act? What was the play? I'm struggling to remember, but, like, the play gave uh, you during, like, the school's, like, you know, annual talent show.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I remember being some rich businessman and, uh I don't know, trying to hire some dancers or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, actually, I have no idea what the plot was. <laughs> but I just remember, the, I just remember the play going up well with the audience. But Yeah. But then again, we we're weren't definitely catering to a Broadway crowd, you know, so.
1: Well, that sounds like that was fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. So the that year at Park, we how long were you at the Park School for?
0: Uh, just a year. And then you're like, okay, this is enough. We're going to go somewhere else. Uh, yes, that's correct. So we moved to, uh, Pinebethill, you know, afterwards. And as you know, Pinebethill is a much larger city than Third Floor, you know? Even though it's only yeah. like 50 kilometers away. And, and How does Sendhil adjust to the park school? Like, what was that like for him? Oh my god. <laughs> like, if I was unhappy, I mean, he was, like, royally pissed. I, I mean, he was so rebellious, he was so upset by the move, that he refused to speak Award of thumble during his entire four year stay in India. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I mean, he wouldn't do his homework just, just just to convince him to go to school was like tough, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I still remember this one incident, uh, where, I mean, Park School was sort of notorious for, you know, bribery, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knew that, you know, I and mean, a lot of kids are passing just because you know their parents were donating, you know, to the school.
2: Hmm.
0: And then, and of course, you know, Kendall, you know, he knew this, and even though he's only hmm. nine years old, he actually uh, wrote out this rant, you know, uh-huh. about uh, about how bribery was affecting the school. And I think uh-huh. he wrote this rant, you know, privately to himself in his own notebook. But then uh yeah. one of his friends not not even friends, but one of his classmates, we didn't really uh like too much, you know, uh squealed on him, you know, stole the notebook, you know, and showed it to one of his teachers and then and then the principal side and my parents were called. And uh but my dad actually defended what Timbell wrote, you know.
2: hmm
0: And basically yeah. I think my dad might have told the principal, and as far as you know, you know, he was just saying the truth.
1: Yeah. How old was when that happened?
0: Oh, again, he was nine years old. Oh, I'm surprised that he was able to understand <laughs> that that stuff was going on back then. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he was, he was able to for sure. Hmm. It almost seemed like he was a gang leader too, because I mean, I remember in third, floor, all these kids would just follow him, you know, wherever he went, <laughs> you know, and guys and girls, you know, in the age group. Yeah. And so if so any time, like, you know, he'd have a conversation with me on campus, you know, like, uh, we'd be surrounded by all these little kids, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like they were trying to hold on to every single syllable. I was like, oh, you know, coming out of our mouths.
2: <laughs> as if you were,
0: like, you know, extraterrestrials. <laughs> he, he, you know, on a peace mission or something. Yeah. So how long after getting to India did you realize, like, oh, I, this is not what I signed up for? When did that realization oh. hit you? Oh, we figured that out pretty quickly, within the first few months. Uh-huh. And I think we had some hope that things didn't improve after moving to climb the door, you know? But unfortunately, things really didn't improve, you know, at all. Uh, um, so did you move to climb the door specifically because the park school wasn't good? Uh, yeah, because the you know, park school was known to be corrupt, you know? Yeah. So we wanted, my parents wanted to send me to a school with a better education. So uh-huh. went to this uh, Catholic school called Liz U, And uh, we actually lived in the same, um, we actually lived in the development. that was like right next to the school. Uh-huh. So I was able to walk to school every day and uh, even like, and then eventually, you know, uh, ride my bike because my parents basically got me a bike. Did you know how to ride a bike by that time? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew how to ride a bike. We, we went off to Texas before I left. Okay. But, so what uh, was this school like? So this school, I mean, it was a boys' school, you know? It was my first and only time that I, would, I went to a boys' school. And, and, and so it was a Catholic school, so this school actually had a sterling reputation when it, when it came to, you know, being properly run. You know, there was no rumors of bribery or anything. But it it was strict. I don't know. I just I I just couldn't fit in. And uh I guess at third 4 you know, it was in, you know in a park school. I mean, since it was a more just maybe as a consequence of the corruption, you know. I mean, none none of the kids really cared about anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas over here, I don't know. I feel like a lot a lot of the kids are more serious. You know. And yeah. a bit more judgmental, so you know I felt you know more more uncomfortable than that. Positive at park school, you know. So you actually like it less in the park school because just the people there, the kids there, you didn't you just couldn't get along with them. Right. So I mean, I couldn't fit in, you know. Okay. Uh I mean, I did make a few friends, you know. There, was, there were there were a few good kids, you know, but like yeah, yeah. I had trouble fitting in. And uh, ultimately, my my parents realized it's better to send you know uh, send them to an international school, which ended up being the right choice. Mhm. <laughs> did send adapt to that school better? Uh, I mean, to the international school. No, the Catholic school. Uh, no, not at all. Wasn't uh, there a time like where he wasn't going to school at all? Yeah, that, that was that that was during that period. Yes.
1: How did that happen?
0: Because I feel like in this school, you know, their teachers were much more strict than they were in Park. Uh-huh. So, I mean, they didn't care that, you know, we were from the U.S. or we were trying to adjust. You know, they didn't, there was, like, no sympathy whatsoever.
1: Uh-huh. You know, we,
0: we. I mean, as an adult, yeah, that makes sense, you know. But, uh I don't know. It just made it more difficult for us to adjust, to adapt. And uh, as and difficult as it was for me, it was much worse for Sunday, you know. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's only ten years old.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, when you're I mean had... adapt, you're meaning like adapting to like the curriculum. Like, was what did you have to like adapt to? What were all the things that you weren't accustomed to? Well, I remember all the notebooks we had to carry. I think we I think we had like ten to twelve subjects. You know, we weren't used to that. Nintendo definitely wasn't. You know. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I mean, it felt like, you know, he was like breaking his back just by, you know, carrying his, uh, just from carrying his, you know, backpack every day. Yeah. And again, a lot of the focus was on memorization. Uh huh. Which went against, you know, how, you know, we were used to learning. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a different system.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It just wasn't a proper fit for us. Apart from school, um, How was it, like, just living in India? What was that? Oh, well, I mean, there were ups and downs. I mean, I'm glad that I got to know most of my relatives, you know, much, much better than I did before. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, and I think uh, I I still benefit, you know, from that, you know, from that experience even today. Because whenever I talk to my relatives, you know, it's like I still, I can instantly go back, you know, to how I was, you know, back then, around Mm. them. I felt like that bond still exists. Who are the people well, you're, you're, like, regularly seeing back then? Oh, uh, so I guess, uh, I mean, we, we have, you know, tons of cousins, right? You know, on our, our dad's side yeah. alone. So, I mean, mm-hmm. all those cousins and, uh, and plus the cousins on our mom's side.
1: How often would you see everyone?
0: Pretty often. I mean, like, at least once or twice a week, I would say. No, must that's been, like, a nice reprieve from the stress of going to the new school having like the family that you like being around? In in many ways yes, but at the same time I know I couldn't really relate to my cousins the way I wanted to, you know. I and mean, although my family improved exponentially after moving there within the first few months, uh I still you know uh couldn't speak as well as they could, you know? Yeah, that's a language yeah. barrier, right. The the language barrier persisted. And even though most of them could speak English, you know, I guess I don't know, like, they could understand, you know, they, they, they could understand me unless I, unless I slowed down when I spoke.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I mean, eventually, you know, I, I got more into Tamil cinema and thermal music, so I was able to find some common, you know, some common things to bond over. But, yeah, there was always this barrier that, you know, that, you know, that that you know, we couldn't get past.
1: Right. But you know
0: I'm very thankful for you know uh for know for all the for being able to uh bond with all those family members because i got because I still feel close to most of them today mhm, yeah because I think of, I'm the same way, even though I didn't live in India, the fact mm-hmm. that we went so often it's like kind of forms the basis of like why I'm still close to like the people I'm close to in India, even though I don't see them very often at all. Yeah. Right. Whenever I speak to speak to them today, like you know, I my mind automatically reverts to you know, uh, re- 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 reverts to you know uh, how things were, you know, during mm-hmm. that you know, four year stay in India. Yeah, before you went to India, you loved chicken. I think you came to our house and we ran out of chicken, and mm-hmm. you're like, "No chicken, no puri." And then, like, fast forward, like, a year or two later, and, uh, you're, like, you're, like, completely in, like, this place where you had to basically eat vegetarian food most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And how is that, how is this transitioning to, like, just that, like, yeah, just the food aspect of things? Yeah, that was very, very, very difficult. I mean, because I was used to eating, you know, meat six days, at least six days out of the week. And uh, uh-huh. once I moved there, maybe I, I ate maybe once or twice a week. And uh, as a result, you know, I had trouble adjusting to, you know, you know, to the, to the, to the largely vegetarian diet, you know? Did you start enjoying yeah. it after some point? Uh, Maybe a little bit more. I, I, honestly, I would say I enjoy Indian vegetarian food a lot more now than I did back then. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't get excited by any Indian dish, really, unless, you know, unless there's some chicken or, you know, or fish, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I've always loved chicken briyani, so, you know, whenever anybody made chicken briyani, you know, I'd, like, I'd take out. So, like, going from, like, watching all these comic books and movies that you like, did you have the same access to that kind of stuff over there? Oh, no, no, oh, my God. It felt like someone had chopped my arm off, you know? (laughs) Because, you know, I was, I, I mean, up to the point when I left, or, you know, Texas. like, you know, I was reading comics quite voraciously,
2: Mhm.
0: you know, and all of a sudden I was, like, cut off from those comics, and, uh, and like, I, like I, I had to know what was going on, and I'm, I, I, you were kind enough to, you know, uh, bring a few comics every time you visited, mm-hmm. and so, so, so I was able to keep, ca- catch up that way, but, yeah, that was, that was very, very difficult. I mean, I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word traumatic, but, yeah, it, you know. You I mean, really music hard, picture. yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's why i got more in Thumble cinema, you know Thumble music, uh-huh, you know, because you know I've always been an entertainment junkie, you know, so and and I guess that worked for a while, and like I mean, I mean Hollywood movies you know would, would get released there too, so anytime mm-hmm. uh a big budget Hollywood movie would get released there right now, i you know i go I go I go watch it,
1: mhm. So uh,
0: then you yeah. moved after the Catholic school. And you went to um, Canal. So where is Canal, and like how did your how did you guys find out about it? Uh, I mean, I think everybody in Thumball sort of knows about Kurecanaro. It's an international school. It has a reputation, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we we only heard positive things. And the ones who checked it out, I mean, I was impressed because it felt like being back in the U.S. almost. Because Kurecanaro uh, is like a hill station. And from Kleinbachdor, it's about, I remember it being at least four hours away. By train? By, uh, by, by road.
1: Do you go through Kunur to get there, or? Ah, uh, no, no, no.
0: Kunur was in the other direction. Kunur was like in, in the Yodri, it been closer to Uti. Instead of going north, you'd go south. And, uh, yeah, so, I was at Kuwaita for, uh, yeah, two years, you know, and it, was, and it was my first time, you know, being in a boarding school. So, you and Sendo both went to Code Canal. What grades were you there for? 10th and 11th? Uh, yes, that is correct, yes. And how about Sendo? Did he, like, have to skip, did he have to, like, repeat any grades? Um, wait. He was there for, uh, oh, let me see. He was there for 6th and uh, half of 7th. Yeah, he didn't finish 7th uh-huh. grade there, but, uh, yeah, so he repeated 7th grade once, you know, we came to Jersey. I see. So, what was Queretano like? Well, Queretano felt like being in the UN. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, you know, going from an environment like you know, from from what like, Lizzie or in or, you know, Lizzie or to like a more uh, I guess cultured atmosphere. I mean, it felt it felt godsend at the time. What was difficult was, uh, you know, having to, you know, uh, be in a boarding school. Cause I, I, I missed my parents terribly. Mm. Yeah, cause I wasn't used to living away from them, you know. So, like you would be there all week long. How soon would you see your parents? Uh not as often. Uh, not as often as I would have preferred. Um, I thought maybe maybe once or twice per semester. That was it.
1: That's not that much, yeah.
0: I know, I know. It was tough. It was tough. I mean, I made a lot of new friends, and uh, a lot of those friendships were persisted to this day, so I'm glad that I I went there, you know? How is it different from the other schools that you went to? What was your, like, day-to-day schedule? What kind of activities were you involved in? What did you do in your free time? Right. Well, a lot of the teachers came from, all over the world, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, and even though I would say, you know, over half the Sweden population was, like, you know, was brown, uh, Mm -hmm. the majority of people, you know, had, you know, overseas exposure, you know? And so I was able to relate to, you know, kids over there more easily. Mm. And I think at least a quarter of the kids, you know, had been to the U.S., you know? And, Mm -hmm. uh... And most of the kids who graduated from there ended up in the US. And I think mm-hmm. you know, I think that's true today. Most of the kids who graduate they're gonna you know, come to the US for college. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean I I did all sorts of things. I mean I I I, I did act and play and oh, all that yeah? behind the scenes.
2: Was hmm a so co ed uh, school?
0: It was it was. And uh I wrote a lot of poetry in my free time too. To girls, so or about what? All sorts of things, but yeah, girls were part of the topic sometimes. (laughs) Some love poems there? Oh, yes. Better believe it. (laughs) Did you give them to anybody? Uh, I was tempted to at times. Never actually happened, though? I mean, uh, there were some times when, like, uh, yeah, I tried to uh, reach out to the girls I was interested in, but usually... I mean, those attempts always backfire.
1: Yeah. But, you know, whatever didn't kill
0: me, and they made me stronger, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I wasn't exactly
0: a big man on campus, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, you know, I guess I I, I had a better time there than I did, you know, during during the first two years in India. Yeah. And it sounds like you had probably a better time than you had in the U.S. also, right, in terms of school? Uh, only because I was older and the kids were a bit more mature, you know. So there was like less overt bullying, you know. Uh-huh. I think I still had trouble fitting in. Like I, I was still I was a very socially awkward teenager. <laughs> but, but you know, I made some good friends, you know, many of whom I'm, I'm still friends with to this day. Was it a rig- very rigorous academic schedule? It, I'd say during 11th grade it was, you know, more so. Mm-hmm. During the 10th grade it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It was more manageable. But, yeah. but I felt like, you know, uh, at least over there, like the memorization wasn't as stressed as much, you know. They, they emphasized, you know, creative thinking, you know, just, just like they had done in Texas, you know, when I, when I grew up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean... I remember having some intellectually stimulating conversations with my classmates over the most random stuff, you know? We're, you know like we're all teenagers, and, like, ah, oh, anything and everything, but I think music was definitely a big part of our, you know, our lives back then, because I, mean, I think, you, I mean, you were teenagers teenager then, too, you know, you remember all the popular 90s bands, like, that Pumpkins, comp Oasis. So were you, like, all grunge and, and moshing to Nirvana, or what were you listening to? Anything and everything. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I love music. Period. I still do. I mean, yeah, definitely Nirvana, Smash Pumpkins, Oasis. Yeah. Uh And then uh, of course, listen to Tupac and Biggie as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I, and
0: I won't lie. I mean, uh, I, I, I I like the Spice Girls a lot too.
1: <laughs> do you want to be my lover?
0: No, not yours particularly. <laughs> any other thoughts about Kanekalon, or any other things? I mean, I had, I had a lot of, uh, I guess, experiences there. You know, you that doing a two-year period, but I think I covered the basis, you know. I mean, but overall, I enjoyed my time, and I think I was sad to leave actually when I did. So why did the, why why did you guys move back at the
1: end of 11th grade?
0: oh well my dad i i think uh he, he just felt that it was right for his you know uh for his business you know, to uh you know to return to the u s mm-hmm. and it felt like New Jersey was the right place to be for his business
2: mm-hmm.
0: and plus uh you know get on the u s you know in the US, you know, and public, and public schools are free to attend mm-hmm. how how did you receive that Information, like, when you realized, when you found out you're going back to New Jersey, like, what was your reaction? Uh, my mom wrote a letter, I remember. And I remember screening that letter saying that, you know, we're going back. And, and, she, but she you knew how I felt, on I know you're gonna miss your friends but, you know, it's something we have to do as a family now. So, yeah, I was actually, you know, upset, because, you know, I, 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 I bonded with a lot of people there, you know, and I, and I, I picture pictured you know, graduating with them. Because after all, well, it was only uh-huh. a year left. Right. But, you know, there were always new adventures I wanted to have with, of those kids, but, you know, but now those adventures weren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it worked out, you know. So were you, like, excited to go back to the U.S.? Ah, uh, well, part of me was, uh, I mean, because, you know, because I never lived on the East Coast before. You know, I thought it was going to be a new experience, and yeah, it, it was. It was, and uh, but eventually, you know, I mean, new, new Jersey became my home. I've been here for almost twenty years now, longer than I have yeah. been anywhere else. Uh, and uh, did Sandal enjoy Corey Canal? And was he excited to come back? Uh, I mean, he did overall, but I mean, I think he still maintains uh, a few of his friendships from there as well, but. Yeah. But again, since he was younger, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he bonded with his, you know, his classmates, his classmates as much as I bonded with mine, you know. Hmm. So, coming back to the U.S., how is that transitioning back to life over here? Uh, it was actually a breeze in many ways. You know, I mean, school was a breeze. You know, there was, there was, there was no culture shock, nothing. You know, I was home, really. Yeah. You know? Hmm. You felt really comfortable when you got back. Uh mm-hmm. huh. So academically, everything was easier, for sure. Uh-huh. The only struggle was like socially. I mean, that's, a, that's an understatement because, I mean, I moved, I, I moved here right before my senior year. So during senior year, all the fits were set. Yeah. And it's a pretty big school too, so, and uh, so I find it very, very difficult to make friends. I mean, like, I mean, t- towards the end of you know senior year, I mean, I made a few friends, you know.
2: Hmm.
0: But, yeah, just navigating things socially was a was definitely uh, cumbersome. Yeah, it was just hard to make friends. hmm It's hard to find my place. And I felt like I was like, lost in an ocean or something. Yeah. But it worked mm-hmm. out in the end because a, a, a lot of my acquaintances from high school became a very good friend in college. Oh, really? hmm And I would say they formed the basis for many of my close friendships to this, um, into this day, so... Hmm. So how did you sign on Rutgers? How, what was that process like? Well, once you moved to once you moved to Jersey, you know Rutgers is basically a Big State of U. It's like UT in Texas, you know. Uh huh. I mean everyone knows about Rutgers, you know, in Jersey. Hmm. So it, it seemed like the first school, you know, obviously you know apply to. And uh, truth be uh-huh. told, actually, I I didn't apply anywhere else. I was only one of the only school I applied to, but i was so confident. Like, I'm, I gonna, I'm gonna go to Rutgers. Yeah. Do you guys move to Edison? this like, is that where you guys were living? Uh, eventually, yes. But uh, I mean, during the first three weeks, though, uh, we were in this town called Weehawken, which is like right across the Hudson River from you know New York City. So I mean. Uh huh. Yeah. If you, if you go to Weehawken, you probably one of the best views ever of the city. You know. And uh, I, couldn't be- I couldn't believe it, you know? It's like we were re-experienced re- the American dream almost, you know, from scratch. Hmm. You hadn't seen New York City until that point, right? Yeah, but that was my first time ever. I know as a baby, I think when I was a year old, my parents had brought me to New York, you know, to visit some of uh, their friends at Poughkeepsie.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But of course, that I don't remember that. Though. No, that doesn't count. But, yeah, I remember the first time going to New York New York City and uh, and I couldn't believe it that was, fi- that was finally there. Yeah. Because, you know, up to that point I, I'd only seen it, you know, in movies, movies and TV shows. Yeah. Was it like a movie when you like, experienced it? You're like, was it a dramatic moment? It was a very dramatic moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, it the place you guys moved to in edison was that the place that you guys were always at till you moved out. Is so that where I came to visit you and everything? That—that that is correct. Yes. Okay, so you were the same—that same place for a while then, right? Mm-hmm. Like Eleven years. years. Eleven years. yeah. Wow. So.
1: And so. I mean, I even
0: yeah. I even commuted to Rutgers from so, yeah, what was your typical schedule? Like, so, did you go into Rutgers knowing you were going to do engineering, or, um, uh, yes, I did. That's something to figure. Okay. And how did you know you wanted to do engineering? Ah, uh, it was a no-brainer, you know, like math and physics, or why not? You know. And, uh, of course, then my dad was an engineer, too.
2: hmm
0: I feel like I was you the a legacy. But uh, yeah. I was definitely intrigued by you know, the field of material science, you know, and how like advanced materials could be used in different engineering applications. Uh-huh. So There's a lot of growth potential there. But so even like in the field of engineering, you already knew that you wanted to do like materials engineering. Uh, that is correct. Yes. So what does that mean, like materials
1: engineering?
0: Um, it's pretty. It's broader than than you think. So it covers metallurgy, you know. Uh, in a polymer science, you know, plastics, ceramics, and semiconductors. Uh-huh. I mean, materials are all around us, right? Any object you physically see, you know, is made from some material or another, you know? Mm-hmm. But for engineering applications, you know, you've got you, you to gotta utilize the material with the white right properties, you know?
1: Uh-huh.
0: And to make any given material with, you know, with the desired properties, you know, we'll usually requires a unique process and that's where all the of engineering comes in. And, and 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 we're always trying to come up with you know, new materials, you know for 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 new applications. So what is that process like? How do you so say like okay you this you need this material for a certain application, you know what the properties of it that you want are, how do you go mm-hmm. about actually making making that like a come to life? Like, how do you, like, figure that out? Like, I mean, this is true regardless of, you know, which engineering appeal are talking about. I mean, trial and error. Lots and lots of trial and error, you know. Uh Uh-huh. You just play around with different materials. You observe what happens, you know, and then you figure out what can be improved, you know, and they keep making, you know, adjustments until, you know, you get the right material, really. That's what it comes down to. But what's the process of making material? You have to, like, kind of – it's like cooking, you know, making food, and, you know, like, putting together different elements. Like, how do – you uh, know, how do you... Yeah, yeah there's there, there, there a number of different ways where it can go about this. I mean, like, you can make, you know, I mean, and need material from the ground up, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like, one grain at a time, you know? You know, fusing different grains together to come up with a new material from the ground up, or you can take an existing material and try to refine it. To get the properties you want, yeah? Uh
1: huh.
0: But you're either ground up or top down, you know? And both approaches are valid.
1: Is Um, that something,
0: like, is that what you're kind of doing in your job? Oh, that's what I was doing doing for a while. I mean, not so much right now. Now I'm more of a project engineer, so just deal with paperwork more than anything Um, else.
1: Is that something you miss
0: doing? And you're like, so this paperwork kind of boring for you, or is it something you're okay with? Uh, why not? I'm okay with it, you know, because I feel like right now I'm exposed to, you know, I guess more topics within engineering.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: but yeah, I did. not I, I did enjoy, you know, my time playing around different materials.
1: Yeah. So when
0: you went to college for engineering, did you take what kind of it would take mainly like? classes around engineering, or, like, were there other classes, like, other kinds of classes that you took? Well, at any four-year university, you know, I take, you know, a variety of classes. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to get my degree. my undergrad degree. degree. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, through the first year, and regardless of which engineering field you go into, you have to take, like, this common curriculum, yeah?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which basically covers, you know, calc, you know, physics, and chemistry. Hmm. And uh, so what was college like? And you come to your uh, home every day, right? Like back and forth? Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, college actually for, you know, of the best years of my life, I think, because I think socially things mm. are much, much easier. You know, I made some really, really good friends. Mm. I feel people are like less judgmental, more accepting, you know. And I think we're all trying to discover ourselves, find ourselves, and just... I just remember those times just being, uh, just going to the reading room, you know, and I, where, we you know, where people would go to study, you know, quote unquote study. But most of the time we just fool around and don't talk about the most inane topics. But I mean, I, I mean, almost felt like we are just going there to hang out rather than study together. And I, I, and I just looked forward to seeing everybody every day and I thought like every day was a new adventure, you know. That's nice. And that was like that for an entire four years. It was like it hit the ground running in terms of in terms of that. Uh, I would say, I mean, the first semester things were good because I mean, uh a lot of my a lot of my eventual friends, like you know, I I, got, I ran into them more often. But uh-huh. but in the second semester, I don't know what happened. I thought like I was cut off. You know, I didn't see a lot of those friends. You know. Hmm. But then from but from the sophomore year onwards, yeah, I definitely hit the ground running. Because, like, I caught up with the same friends again, and I made even more friends. That's my... Nice. Uh, uh, through my major, my specific major. And all these friends are friends that you made during class? Uh, many of them were, yes. Yeah. Also, like, uh, the material science department, you know... And the, the material science engineering department, a lot of people, well, no one's the ceramic engineering department at the time at Rutgers, and it was actually pretty small. I, think our, I mean, our department only had like 15 people in our class. Oh, so really? We all knew each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was mostly guys who did engineering? Oh, yes. That was 80%. Oh, yeah. But, and we were the
1: summertime,
0: Summertime, I just, I don't know, I watched lots and lots of movies, you know? Yeah. Um, and I tried to keep them a comic book reading as much as possible. Uh-huh. And uh, I hung out with, me. yeah, I hung out with my friends quite a bit. You know, and just went to that with them and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I watched movies with them, you know, and that, and that was fun.
1: That's, that's fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, I should also mention that I was in the uh, Air Force ROTC for two years, you know, out I was in college. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wh- how did that have come about? Uh, well, you know, I wanted to serve, you know, my country really badly, you know, and I felt like I, I could best do so with the Air Force because I, I was always fond- fascinated by aviation, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I could use my engineering knowledge, you know, to make, you know, the next generation of planes better.
1: What do you um, like about it? What do you like about aviation?
0: I mean, everything about aviation was fascinating. I mean, even today, like, the concept of being able to fly, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, think how far we've come, you know, as a species, you know, to be able to do this, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and just the technology that that makes it happen, and you know that, that 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 improves you know aviation technology. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It was and still is you know very fascinating for me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy that you can get something to fly in the air that weighs tons
1: of weight, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's so many variables that play. Yeah. And from a, from a safety standpoint, there's some things that go wrong, but thanks to the that engineering involved, you know, most of the time things don't go go, go go wrong because, you know, all the safety factors in place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. But, yeah, I definitely enjoyed my time in ROTC. Because, you know, I really wanted so to How did So, how did you,
1: option. uh, when did you get involved in ROTC? I got involved
0: uh, during the second semester of my sophomore year. And how did that come about? Ah, uh, I mean, I just decided to join. You know. Uh
1: huh. Did you, you know,
0: see called... them on campus? Like, how do you how do you know about it? Like, you. Yeah, I saw them on yeah. campus. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Also, uh you know the the ROTC, the Air Force ROTC, detachment on campus. Actually, uh oh. That was, that was actually shared between, you know, Rutgers and Princeton. So, like, about half the kids, half the cadets were from Princeton. So, uh-huh. that, that allowed me to go to Princeton, you know, to take a few classes as well. Oh, nice. hmm Where'd you take at Princeton? Basically, you know, you know just military-related classes, which covered in military uh-huh. history. So what you, have you have to do as part of OTC? A lot. I mean, the physical fitness was a huge component, you know. Like, we had to pass this physical fitness test. It called It's called a PFT in order to be able uh-huh. to go to boot camp. And unless you go and survive boot camp, you know, you can't, you know, be commissioned as an officer.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But on top of that, like, yeah, we had to wear a uniform once a week. And like, you had to learn how to wear uniforms properly. Like BALA? Um, yeah, like BALA. We had, you know, practice drills.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I mean, we'd meet, like, once or twice a week, you know, and oftentimes early in the morning. And, yeah, you know, we'd practice drills and, like, uh, we'd do all these various leadership exercises. You know, I mean, the general principle was about taking, like, a, a mix of people, you know, and uh, and making them function as a single unit, you know? Mm-hmm. So there were various activities, you know, designed, you know, to help make this happen, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at times it was very, very stressful, you know, because it was a, I felt like, you know, between all the classes I had to take, you know, sometimes, you know, maintaining my uniform was like my, was like my last priority, you know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and how often were they exercising?
0: How is that aspect of it? Well, for me, it was extremely difficult because I, I mean, I, 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 failed my physical fitness test, uh, during my, during the first nine attempts. And this was like uh, uh-huh. over a period of a year and a half. Uhhuh. Because I was well, way you? out of shape when I, when, when I started, you know? And, but, 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 but gradually, you know, I started taking things seriously, started going to the gym more often, and eventually I was able to pass. So what kind of like things did you get better at physically, what was the test consist of? running was very, very difficult for me. You know, I think that I think that was the toughest part. I think initially, uh, we had to run two miles in 18 minutes. You know, which wasn't too bad, but it was tough for me at that point. You know,
1: nine-minute miles. Yeah.
0: Right. But then they made it more difficult where we had to run a lap and a half in 12 minutes.
1: You had to run what and a
0: half? A mile and a half? Uh, I said, yeah, I will say say, sorry, a mile and a half in 20 minutes.
1: So that is what, like eight-minute miles? Just a mhm-,
0: That's
1: pretty fast, yeah. Um,
0: and then we had to do, do push-ups, sit ups too. Uh, yeah, eventually I was able to do that, you know, surprisingly.
2: Yeah. That was good.
0: <laughs> I I Maybe I, I remember it, my time when I passed. You know, it was 11.48, so I just, you know. Oh yeah, we get like ecstatic. That's bad. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, I, mean, I just, mine just passed by the skin on my teeth, you know? So. Yeah, that was <laughs> 12 seconds, that's pretty good. Right, right, right. But, but unfortunately, I, I couldn't get a medical waiver for my childhood asthma. And so wh- what- why did you need the waiver? Because without that waiver, I couldn't take my physical, and with, without passing the physical, you know, I I couldn't go wow. to you know boot camp. Without going to boot camp, obviously, you can't get commissioned as an officer.
1: So, um,
0: did you go to boot camp? Uh, no, I couldn't because I I couldn't even take my physical because of not being able to get that medical waiver for my childhood asthma. Oh, so after you did all the this this part of it, like the running the, you know under a certain time and push-ups and sit-ups, then you found out you couldn't go beyond that? hey yeah, that is correct, yes. <laughs> and they didn't tell you that beforehand? Well, I knew it was part of the process, but I didn't know that, uh, like, disclosing my childhood asthma would, like, prevent me from, you know, from being able to, you know, take the physical. So after – so how long were you in ROTC before that happened? We realized it was like a dead end. Oh, almost two years. That's a long time. Uh mm-hmm. huh. So, um, so what would, where would boot camp have happened if he had gone in the in- first? Uh, no, no, would have happened either at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. That's where the majority of the cadets went. Uh huh. But a lot of people went to a different base in Florida. And they opened up a new facility in South Dakota as well. I think that was Ellsworth Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. So your life could have been radically different. Am I right? Oh, oh, yeah. That's an (laughs) understatement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have left Jersey much, much earlier, you know? Man, you you could have been saved. (laughs) I had to throw in one Jersey joke during our interview. (laughs) Oh yeah, I knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> I can't, I can't even help myself. I can't help myself. Sticks and stones, oh. sticks and stones, come on. <laughs> so, so that happened at the end of what year? Like junior, senior year transition? You found out you couldn't go further with that. That but, but, but actually about during my last semester, you know, second special senior year. Oh really? Towards mm-hmm. the end. mm mm-hmm. We disappointed. Oh yes, I mean, yeah, I was devastated. Because oh man, in my case, like you know, I didn't accept any money. I, 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 I didn't get any scholarship money to to be an ROTC or anything, you know. It's mm-hmm. it not like I was getting financial. Was, it was not like I was getting financial compensation. Like I, I really wanted to serve, you know, my country, especially after 9/11. You know, I joined the ROTC before 9/11. You know. Mhm. But especially after nine eleven, I felt like it I felt like it was a calling. And so yeah, what, couldn't, what year? What year was that? This was after nine eleven, obviously. But like, was that two thousand one, two thousand two? You were like, you joined the ROTC. I joined in January two thousand one. So yeah, eight months before. before 9/11. That was before September eleven.
1: Right. What? Right,
0: right. Yeah, eight months before nine eleven. That's when I joined. Yeah, so you're you're saying that that was just like a really devastating period for you. It was, it was. I mean, even though I didn't always maintain the uniform properly I and mean, I took a lot of pride when you know when wearing it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I learned to really respect my fellow cadets. Because that a this basic mantra that's always in always in play when you're in the military, you know. You know, you watch my back, and you know, I watch yours, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The camaraderie is something, you know, I definitely missed. And you like the group of people that you are in ROTC with? I did. I did very much so. Mm-hmm. So how, yeah, I mean, after that had happened, um you know, well, how, did, how did you come out of it and what did you decide to do at that point? Well, you know, when I graduated with my degree and uh, the job market for engineers wasn't too hot at the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. So it t- t- took me a while, you know, before I found something. I mean, well, what I decided to do was while well, while job hunting, go for my master's part time, and, uh-huh. and and in the second semester, uh, I was uh, I was hired, you know, for my current position.
1: Uh huh.
0: In fact, in fact, I, j- I just completed thirteen years of service. You know, yesterday.
1: Wow. mm mm-hmm. Time flies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it goes by quickly. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how have you enjoyed your time there? I mean, like any job, the ups and downs. Like, I mean, I've worked on a variety of programs, you know? Yeah. I mean, some were more research-driven, others some were more production-driven. Uh-huh. I mean, some were more technical, some were less technical. (laughs)
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But I've 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 learned uh, quite a bit, and I still am learning every day.
1: Yeah. So, like, exciting Uh,
0: for you? Ah, some days are more exciting than others. I'll leave it at that. Mm hmm But I I like the people who I work with. I think that makes a huge difference. That's good. Do you see yourself there in the long run? Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, I got my MBA, uh, you know. A while ago, and, and I, I guess I wanted to make use of it more effectively because uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm so technical, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure that I want to be reading engineering drawings for the rest of my life. That's my drift. Yeah. Do you want to live in Jersey for the rest of your life, or are you thinking about moving out elsewhere? Uh, I'm open to moving elsewhere right know? if a right opportunity arises, but 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 right now, Jersey's not home you know, most of my friends are here, you know. As, I mean, I won't lie; I have an East Coast bias, you know. Mm-hmm. After being here for you know, almost 20 years. But so if uh, you did move, you'd stay somewhere. Like you'd prefer to stay somewhere like along the East Coast. Right, right. But on top of that, I met I love Jersey. Jersey's my home. You know, I, I would prefer to remain in Jersey specifically, and and uh, so also enjoy the proximity, you know, uh, to New York. Okay. One, one, uh-huh. something I appreciate about New York is that despite being in this area for so long, every time I go there, it's a new experience for me. I always find something new to do there, because mm. there's so much. It's always happening, you know. New York's it's a precise mix of old and new. So much history there, but there's always so many new things popping up too, all the time. What do you like to do when you go to New York? Oh, I mean. Even just walking around, you know, is like enough for me over there. But like, I'm a foodie. I, I, I like eating out, like trying new restaurants.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, going to museums. Uh, the, it's just experience experience the culture diversity that the city offers.
2: Uh-huh. I
0: mean, I mean, New York is where I mean America meets the rest of the world. You know.
2: Uh
0: huh. And I feel and I feel like it's unique opportunity. Like every time I. Because sometimes for work, I have to travel to, you know, these remote places out of the middle of nowhere. I'm I'm always grateful to Return to Civilization, you know?
1: Yeah. Because we get to the place you just want to stay close to.
0: Definitely. Like, every every time I go to the city, I just feel energized. Hmm. That's nice. I mean, I think other people have commented commented on this, you know, like, uh, like, being in and around New York is almost being in a relationship because you build a relationship with the city, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you about um, Infinite Curry and, like, how this is your website uh, dedicated mm-hmm. to movie reviews and comic books. Well, so yeah, tell me about Infinite Curry, how you decide this when you create it and what it's about. Right. Well, yes, the name of my entertainment blog is Infinity Curry. Uh, the story is that for the longest time, many of my friends had encouraged me to start blogging because, it, because of my passion for, you know, nerdy entertainment. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, compared to some people, I mean, yeah, I, you know, you might consider me as such a better expert when it comes to superheroes and Star Wars. Yeah. At least, at least compared to the average person you might encounter on the street, you know? You're, you're kind of like a mad scientist of superheroes. Uh, I, I, I would leave you at the mad part. <laughs> Sad part. Sad scientist. Right, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll even go as far as to say that, you know, superheroes and science fiction, you know, are, are my passion, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean engineering is just a hobby that just happens to pay the bills, yeah I mean uh I mean nerdy entertainment is what excites me I'm mean, constantly but 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 going back to the topic at hand, uh yeah, many of my friends uh had been encouraging me for years to you know start writing and share my knowledge, you know with the public, and for a long time, I was sort of resistant to that, you know, got not know if I could do it and or how I'd go about doing it, you know what I would actually write about, you know. Finally, uh I guess my, my, my friends have pushed me far enough, and uh, I was convinced that, you know what, it, it, it might be a good time to try something new, you know, try to start a new project uh-huh. and see what happens. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for my friends for pushing me because, uh yeah, the blog is very, very important to me right now. Uh, like, I really, really enjoy, you know, reviewing movies and analyzing them.
1: You're really yeah. good at it like i, I
0: had to say i was i mean not that like I didn't think you're capable of writing well, but it's really well written and it's uh yeah it's really not it's really- it's really nice thank you, thank yeah. you appreciate it <laughs> so like what's yeah. your process of like uh like how do you choose which movie you're gonna write about what's the process of like putting together a post oh sure uh i mean first of all like I mean, I only review a movie that's at least somewhat nerdy. So what is, like, yeah. something that's not nerdy? I mean, by definition, are all comic book movies nerdy or not? Uh, yeah, all superhero movies are nerdy, at least, you know? There are, com- there, there are comic book movies that don't deal with superheroes. They don't deal with more broad topics. So, And those uh-huh. may not necessarily be, you know, nerdy, you know, by most people's uh-huh. definition. And then, you know, if, you know, for most movies, you, you know, Friday is usually the first full day of release, you know. But uh-huh. they're usually released on, thir- I mean, on, on the Thursday night before. So, you know, that's uh-huh. why I, I try to watch every movie, you know, that review on Thursday night. So, like, I have to review out by, you know, Friday. You know, before most people, you know, venture out to the movie theater. Okay? I guess I'm trying to maximize my readership as much as possible. Okay. So you go to, like, a midnight showing on Thursday? Oh, even earlier, more right. than 7 p.m. showing. Uh-huh. And I usually go straight from work. And I'll watch the movie, and hopefully I'll have a good time, and then I'll find out the review out by, you know, the next day, by Friday evening. That's pretty fast, right? That's, like, will you do it within a day? hmm And, like, when you're watching the movie, do you just try to watch the movie, or are you, like, thinking in the back of your head, like, how are you going to write your review or your piece on it? Uh no. When I'm watching a movie, I'm living in the moment. You know, I I want to experience the movie. You know what it is. You know, uh-huh. I, I try to every judge every movie on its own merits. I don't have like the standard criteria like other critics do. You know. Uh huh. Because you know some movies you you you've got to take more seriously than others. You know, and some movies you know you know have a more absurd premise and they acknowledge that. So that, the overall execution is what matters, you know? So I I, I immerse myself in the movie to the extent possible, uh, as much as possible. Uh-huh.
2: And, and
0: then I evaluate the overall uh entertainment experience. I mean, is it worth watch, spending money to watch this in a the theater? If not, why?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And
0: what do you enjoy about the writing of it? Um, It's just visual storytelling involved, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, who are the characters? How are they defined, and how do they get from point A to point B? And is, and is this uh-huh. a cinematic journey, journey worth watching? You know, for the average viewer? you know. So I mean, I, I focus on whether I think the movie is entertaining or not. No, uh-huh. you know, if if a random person reading my review, reading my review watches this movie, will they be entertained? Will they feel like they got their money's worth watching this? You know? Yeah. That's the perspective I take. Because I try um, to cater to uh, the mass audience, you know. I'm not one of those, quote-unquote high highbrow movie critics, you know, who are, like nitpicking movies mm-hmm. to death. That's not me. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I do acknowledge plot holes, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't. But 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 only when they w- they're really really distracting, you know, to the point where mm-hmm. I can't even ex uh, uh point to the point where I can't even be entertained by the movie in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I don't believe in a in nitpicking movie to death. I feel like if I ask myself, was the movie entertaining, yes or no? Is it worth watching in the theaters, or, or is it a rental? Or is it even not worth renting? Uh-huh. And what what do you get from it? What do you get from putting together the Infinite Curry? Like, what do you... Infin, it's Infinity Curry, right? Sorry. Mm-hmm. So what what do you get? Like, what is your enjoyment that comes out of writing it? I and mean, the entire process of writing it is fun. And also, if, I mean... I guess you're sort of familiar with my style, and I try to use as many memes as possible to support my points, you know? Where do you and get these memes from? They're, like, really funny. Like, do you just, like, Google it? Google is everyone's friend, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even this process of looking for these memes, you know, is so much fun, you know? Because, you know, I want to make, make the read as breezy as possible. I know everyone's got limited time these days, you know? Yeah. So what can I do to make the reading as enjoyable as possible. I felt me definitely help on that front.
1: Yeah.
0: And how um, often do
1: you try to put together a post?
0: Uh, as often as, uh, you know, movies get released. Seems like of late, you're doing it more often than you were before. Right, right. I mean, I have the schedule of, of movies, you know, for, for the year that I'm following. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, it's like this week, I don't have any, anything to watch. The last week, I watched Rampage, and um and next week uh-huh. is the main event, you know, Avengers: Infinity War, which I'm sure you and uh-huh. most people know that. So you got your ticket for next Thursday night? Oh yeah, and on top of that, I'm watching it, you know, at Times Square, in the city. Oh you know, really? Avengers' hometown. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it sold out? Uh, it it wasn't when I it wasn't when I when I bought my tickets. You know, I'm going with uh-huh. three other friends, so thankfully we have reserved seating, so at least we don't have to rush you know,
1: that's fine. Can, Yeah. So
0: we're meeting up for dinner before the show, and then, you know, we can just, uh, stroll to our, you know, beach, you know, at a leisure at a leisurely pace.
1: That'll be fine. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but, uh, I was hoping to bring the Captain America shield with me, you know, so, like, I, I took it with me to, uh, I took it with me when I watched Avengers Age of Ultron and the Captain America Civil War. Yeah, you're, but, your Captain America shield. Yeah, that that currently hangs in my kitchen.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean you've seen it, so.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, since I'm going all the way to the city, you know, it's like you know, I I'd have to take with me on the train and then you know, and also a subway, and yeah, uh, yeah I'm not sure how I'm gonna go through
1: all that. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Yeah, if I were driving straight to the theater, you know. Uh Yeah, then then i would take with me a heartbeat. I would never. You know, if I were watching a suburbia, i take it with me. But, uh, but, this it's okay, I mean, like, this movie's been 10 years to make it, you know?
1: Uh-huh.
0: I mean, I mean, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been able to accomplish is, like, outstanding, you know? Like, I mean, I mean, you remember, like, I mean, we were reading these comics, you know? These Marvel comics as kids, like, over 25 years ago. And all yeah. of a sudden, like, everything's coming together. You know? I mean, you, you remember the Infinity Gaunt storyline, right? Yeah, I remember having him as a kid, you know. I mean, truthfully, I really don't care anymore about the movies. They don't do anything for me. And they, they did the opposite for me. <laughs> That's where we differ, obviously. Yeah, I know, I know you enjoy him a lot. For me, I just I don't enjoy most. I just don't. I just like the comics. And, right, um, right, right, right. Um, but, but, but I think in my case, you know, because I remember as a kid when I was reading the comics, I always imagined how these movies how these stories would be in live action, you know? And it's about to find these stories in live action with impressive effects, great acting, you know? Yeah. It's like a dream come true. That's exciting. Oh. And, um, it is, it is, it is, you know. Yeah, so so, you know, I think... hmm go ahead.
2: No, what were you going to say?
0: Oh, i was just going to add, yeah, T-minus one week until Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think uh, we've been talking for a while now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's a good ending point how did you how do you feel about it yeah i, I would agree, yeah, I appreciate I was, you talking no dark. problem no problem and thanks for listening Jim. And uh yeah definitely uh you know, enjoyed you know this this time traveling you know, experience <laughs> yeah, it was great, so I mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot of things I didn't know so I really oh no it. problem, no problem yeah. So um yeah. Uh have a good night and then I'll um yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Sure, I'll talk to you soon. All right. take care.